1: all right live from studio 6b on a friday night glad you're in lots to do Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amirati's going to have sports, and we start out the show tonight. The very special guest, one Mr. Harry Oates, former executive producer of Live from Studio 6B. Harry Oates, how are you?
2: I'm doing good. You love to stick in that former. I slide the former in all the time. I, I just, I'm just trying to figure that
1: one out. Well, I mean, it is. I mean, did he didn't my get line? the memo? <laughs> <laughs> I must have Did missed get that memo. memo? With the card in you went on. You went on to. You went on to bigger and better things. Moved on to the road. Got out there with the RAV family. Got to the people, doing your thing, and we're still here doing ours. And you're you'll always be obviously, but you're just not executive producing. That's all I'm saying.
2: That you know what, you're right. but but I could step into it in 2023 if you want. I could put my fingers back in it again if if you allow me to.
1: Um. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're good. Well, I think um, I think we've got to wait to see what Joe Biden wants to do. He's applied for the job, and um, Kamala's applied for the job, Harry. You would come in probably a distant third after the two of them. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Watch me. All right. um, He's basically saying, Harry, so ha- hit the road. <laughs> in other words, stay on the highway, Harry. Yeah, I um, me. trust me. All right, so it's Friday night, last show before the holiday weekend. Merry Christmas, everybody. Obviously, we'll see you next week, so we'll wait to say Happy New Year. But, um, well, Harry, you wanted to come on because obviously you wanted to talk to the audience before obviously the end of the week, the Christmas holiday this weekend. Tell us uh, what's on your mind. First of all, everybody should tell us what you're doing this weekend. I'm for sure going to spend time with family, whether they're coming over, what you're doing. Um, And then tell us what you had on your mind, Harry.
2: Yeah, no. I'm gonna be with family this weekend. Uh, it, it's you know looking forward to that little you know little little downtime. Taking my daughter out to dinner, and then I'm making this big massive Christmas dinner. I'm competition with Zier for Sunday, Christmas Day. But I'm gonna be making some uh, some good food, and then just uh, chilling next week. You know, I'll, I'll be stopping by the studio and and uh, you know getting ready. Uh, you know, I got two more two just two more treatments of chemo. And then by the middle of January, I will be back on the road. I was talking to the Zen master and and Ed this morning, and I'm like, I, I can't wait to get back on the road. I really can't.
1: Well, 2023 shaping up to be in your mind, um, what for uh, Rav and the um and the Rav family?
2: I tell you, we we got some big plans. Obviously, uh you know, we were opening the West Palm studio. So we got some new stuff going on there. Hopefully by, I'm gonna say February will be online. Uh, and then we got the big, the, the first big show, I guess, is gonna be CPAC, first week of March, right? Trying to get everybody out there. I'd love to get you guys out there. You know, we gotta see if we can get the show going in the time zone of, you know, making sure we have some guests at the eight o'clock hour. But, uh, and, and then I, I'm predicting the rallies will probably start up, if, if, you know, if Trump continues uh i'm gonna say mid midsummer but uh, we've got a lot of other things planned obviously we're trying to look for a new late night show we're going to be developing uh some music shows like so so you know light and fluffy on saturday trying to uh, get some stuff with some of our uh you know as we discussed damon uh, even even bringing introducing music here onto fridays even if it's once a month so well, we did uh, that I know, and I'm. I think we should bring it back. It may not have to be every Friday, but even if we did, uh, you know, one Friday a month, I I just think, you know, by the time the end of the week comes. People just need to wind down, and this show—I've always said—is—is—is is, is a little bit different than, you know, the other shows are, are are amazing, right? But but this show is more light and fluffy. We still hit the politics, and then on Friday we just bring in some music. You know, I mean, everybody loves the music tracks that you guys are playing. But let's let's bring on the guests. You know, let's get some. We've got some friends. We've got some friends with the radio stations, and try to get some. Even if we bring in Ted Nugent as our first one, I mean, wouldn't that be amazing?
1: Ooh. Right, now that would Little be a way wangle, to kick off wangles? music. <laughs> That'd be a way to kick off Music Fridays to have Ted I, I, Nugent, and then I, week two, Harry. I just, if you want to executive produce again, you're first. I want Blake Shelton for week two.
2: <laughs> Blake Shelton, yeah. All right, well, let's see. You know, we'll start working on that. How about so, Emily so, Brooks? i bring Gwen six. with him.
3: Oh, Harry's oh, gonna oh. Google Blake Shelton after the show. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, Gwen, no,
5: Gwen no. Stefani,
2: baby. <laughs> love her. Yeah. yeah, love her. Yeah, but, but nah, I think it's gonna it's gave me a list, but I think it's going to be an interesting 2023. You know, uh, we're in between obviously elections here a little bit, so it should be an interesting year. We are. All right, very good, <laughs> Mr. Nolan. Wait, um, I mean, we we're... are. We got to 2024, right? So I mean, you
1: know, it's. it's
2: I think next election is going to be a little, little quiet, right? Am I right or wrong?
6: Oh yeah.
1: No, I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to be quiet at all. I don't think no? it's going to be quiet at all. I don't think it's. I think it's going to heat up a lot quicker than. In most presidential elections year, I think it's gonna heat up early in next into next year, even maybe before June, which is maybe okay. why President Trump said, decided he was gonna announce. Maybe he figured the same thing. It's gonna heat up. Let me get in first. I still think he should have waited, but um, totally we'll see. Um, Paul Nolan, what are you gonna do this weekend? What's your favorite part of this weekend? What are you looking forward to the most?
6: Saturday night, seven fishes. Mom's house, all the kids are together. The boyfriends that the, with them, and you know, all the cousins are together. It's a big, giant festival of, of of food and wine and and presents and sharing and gifts and telling stories and having fun. And I'm just, I, I can't wait for that. And Sunday, it'll uh, you know just be a, lounging around the house with the kids. We'll watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life together as part of the tradition. Um, you know, just. Just make our, you know, nice uh, a nice meal for the kids there, uh, for just the immediate family. And then that night, I'll go to my friend's house, Timmy, where we have a bunch of close friends. We'll all stick real tight together for over 40 years. And, uh, you know, we'll just get together with his family and, and his parents who are still with us. And... Uh, so I have a lot of nice family time lined up. I'm really looking forward to it. And tonight, I, I take all the kids out to a hockey game tonight. So, uh, the, well, the, I was at it and I left early, I should say. So forgive me. I, You know, I, I, it was uh, just the local thing. And it was, I don't know, it was, I, it's just family time. And I'm, I just wanted to come in and tell the audience how much I love them and appreciate them and how much they all fight for liberty. And, yeah, it's just great. That's why I wanted to be here, just to share, because the, the audience is just amazing. It's really, the LFS 6B audience is just incredible.
1: Absolutely. It's been a phenomenal year. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we get to the end of the show, obviously. We'll talk about it in every segment a little bit, with some reflections on the year, some things coming up to next year. Rick Delgado, uh, what are you looking forward to most about this weekend?
7: Um, I guess it's the, the fact that we don't host. we we always end up going to everybody else's house and it makes it a whole lot easier at least at least that's the way i enjoy it um you know and then of course uh what he he hosts more on the show than he does at home yeah exactly is is it a little a little self-centered sure of course but there's enough going on why do i need why do i need people coming to my house that's what pictures are for right I'll go to their house. I'll mess up their bathroom, and then I'll have a nice Christmas.
1: <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, no, that's fine. That's mess fine. Up, I mean, that's what, your bathroom.
2: Bathroom.
1: You what your you're looking for it to. What you're looking forward to most is being lazy. Okay, good. Yes. That's fine. That's uh, okay. that's my prerogative. Yes. Then yes, those are is. my pronouns: lazy okay. and ass. <laughs> How about my, that? Pro- my pronouns are coming to your house? Okay, very good. <laughs> Uh, Slick Rick Where do you keep the liquor
5: buddy Nice (laughs) That's a good segue to my story
1: (laughs) <laughs> all right, well, give us your story. Other right, than winning the well, game last night, again, right. thanks, thanks, Paul Nolan for getting me on the sharp side of the game. Picked up another five G's. That's right, oh, wow. nice job.
5: Well, we're gonna get to that in the sports segment. But <laughs> hey, we're big day in
1: the sports segment. <laughs> what got- are you looking forward to most this weekend?
5: I'll tell you, we got a lot. to, Well, let me start with this morning as I finished out my uh, holiday shopping. So I went to the local liquor store just across town and I went to pick up some bottles of Moe, pink champagne <laughs> for my nieces. As I'm walking out with all these bottles. A door opens, and a woman, middle-aged woman, nice lady, she walks in, she goes, oh, my God! I watch you every night. You guys are awesome. <laughs> I love your show. I'm like, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. It was wild. So, yeah, I guess somebody does watch the show. So long story short, this weekend I'm looking forward to, obviously, I'm very grateful for Dad being here. So we're going to have a nice dinner with Dad, my nieces and nephews. We're all going to be over the house. My wife, will take a great picture, a group shot with all my birds. You know, my wife has a crazy Instagram, so we'll do that. We'll do the whole holiday festive spirit. And then at 6 o'clock Christmas night, i got to run outside and get on a Skype call with about 4. Forty or fifty of Prince's biggest fans across the country, across the world, really, and we get on. And every year, we we toast to a banana daiquiri because he has a song called Another Lonely Christmas," and within that song, he talks about drinking uh, banana daiquiris uh, every Christmas till he's blind. He lost his girlfriend. That was a cra- crazy story. But we're gonna have a great. I'm we, um, gonna have a great holiday. I'm looking forward to a big deal. lot on rap. All right, Mr. Grinch. Anyway, back to you, there, Smiley. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, Slick Rick. That, I'm on everything. Everything. Everybody sounds like they're gonna have a great weekend so far. G. Fran, I don't know if you guys want to add to this or not. I'd love to hear what you guys are going to do. G, you can go first. What's your weekend uh, consist like? What's it, what's it going to look like?
3: I'm waiting uh, to find out who still doesn't or does have COVID before I can really make those plans, unfortunately.
1: Ugh. Yeah. Fran? Well, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to escape New York to my family in Pennsylvania, spend the weekend with them. Nice. And then next week, I'll be in here fixing everything we broke in the studio <laughs> for the past year. <laughs> okay.
2: Right, very good. What about you? What about you, Big D? What about you, Grace? Yeah, where are you, what are you doing, Dame? It's going I'm sorry, to What did North you say, Pol- Delgado? Russia. <laughs>
1: What did you say, Mr. Grinch? I'm I'm the farthest thing from Mr. Grinch. I'll have you know. Yeah, sure.
7: All right, Bumbles, what are you going to do? Yeah, Bumbles.
1: (laughs) Shut up, Delgado. Besides besides Um, put
7: the, uh, the topper on the tree.
1: No, that's done. Well, tomorrow I'll um, start my holiday shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow night.
6: About 7 o'clock. You know what? I I, I shopped at 7-Eleven. I got to admit, I'm the same same
7: freaking way, man. 7-Eleven. Terrible.
6: I stink. Tomorrow morning, first thing up, I'm going to try to be the first guy to the mall and the first guy out grab the first 18 things i say and (laughs) and just try to figure out who wants it exactly
5: (laughs) (laughs) i bet your ball spends
6: big bucks though he's the last minute shopper but i'd love to get a gift from him He probably just drops whatever
1: it is i don't care the first 18 things i see yeah so i'll um (laughs) no obviously i've done my i've done all that thank god for the um uh the amazon card thing put it down for later or whatever it's called save for later my pillow because my wife goes through Amazon and just keeps saving things for later. And then I go in there and <laughs> watch whoop done. <laughs> that's that's the way that goes. Um, I'll tell you my favorite thing about the weekend. is probably gonna be tomorrow night. We go to Chris. we do we always do Christmas Eve Mass. And I think one of my favorite parts is silent night at the Christmas Eve Mass. They turn all the lights out at the church. They got the big, beautiful Christmas tree up there that lights up the church all the way. They got the trees all the way down the aisle. Uh, Really a beautiful church. And um, I think that's probably my favorite part is is singing Silent Night on the Christmas Eve Mass. And then um, we'll be back here after that. We'll have family here, my parents will be here. My wife's parents are actually going out of town to their sons this year, so they actually will not be with us. So it'll be a very small gathering here, which it's usually a, a huge gathering, But with the weather that's predicted in the Northeast, which is really going to be bad, um, we're going to keep it small this year. So it'll just be, it'll be the four of us. It'll be my parents, maybe um, a couple others. Uh, My sister might join us if the weather permits, coming from Connecticut. So it's going to be small on both days, but it'll be nice. And like I said, just some time to kind of give thanks and celebrate the day and the birth of the baby Jesus. Yeah. And um
7: I love my baby Jesus with a bow tie t shirt.
1: Sing carols and I may even find my way over to the piano at some point this weekend. So Ooh, whoa. Tickle um, the Ivory. Exactly. It'll be uh, it'll be nice. So all right, very good. Glad everybody's set up to have a nice weekend, and we hope you are as well, obviously. bye from Studio Six B on a Friday night. We'll get into some news, we'll get into some LOLs, we'll have some fun on a Friday. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night lots to do everybody's here the boys are all here paul Nolan's here he's gonna do some news rick delgado's got a what even is that coming up top of the hour yes slick Rick's slick rick's gonna do some sports harry Oates is sitting in with us for a little bit tonight as well what's your what even is that uh rick delgado you want to um, give us an idea
7: well you know how i like to when it comes to days or, or times of year like this you know holidays and such i try and i try and focus it towards that And up until about uh, oh I don't know four o'clock yesterday I had nothing, and then all of a sudden it hit me, and it has to do with Christmas spirit.
1: Oh, very good. Okay, we all have a lot of that. Looking forward to that. Um, You know, Sick Rick. I know. Obviously, everybody knows you from doing sports on the show, and uh, you do a very fine job of that. And people know you (laughs) for your how you dress and how you do sports. But I'm think I was thinking about this talking to Delgado, Paul, and Harry before the show. Oh boy, expand the weather. The weather on the East Coast, obviously, as you know, is about to get nasty here tonight. Um, it's overnight. It's going They're talking about 50, 60 mile an hour winds, and then snow Saturday. They call it like the atomic bomb snowball or some something like that. It's coming in here for the weekend. We're supposed to get lots of snow Saturday, Sunday. So, and if it can, if it goes into Monday night, I'm thinking on Monday night show you don't do sports. We're going to send you out with our friends, maybe from Weather Nation. Wait. With a camera and a microphone, we figured it would go and look a little something like this Roll it G. <laughs> Mark, how are you feeling out there? Uh,
3: uh, again, uh, the same way I felt about eight minutes ago when you asked me that same question. <laughs> yeah. I, I normally do sports. Uh, everything is canceled here for the next couple of days. so <laughs> what better time to ask the sports guy to come in about five hours normally uh, earlier than he would normally wake up go stand out in the wind and the snow and the cold and tell other people not to do the same i didn't even realize that there was a 3:30 also in the morning <laughs> uh, until today it's absolutely uh, fantastic ryan you know I- i'm used to these evening shows that are only 30 minutes long and generally on those shows i'm inside so uh, this is a really long show tune in for the next couple hours to watch me progressively get crankier and crankier how do i get that uh, storm chaser seven duty I, I feel like clint got the uh better end of that deal you know that thing's heated um the outdoors currently is not heated well i'll tell you what ryan i've, I've got good news and, and i've got bad news the, the good news is that i can still feel my face right now The bad news is I kind of wish I couldn't. Can I go back (laughs) to my regular job? I'm pretty sure, Ryan, that you guys added an extra hour to this show just because somebody likes torturing me because (laughs) compared to two and a half hours ago, it is just getting colder and colder. Live in Waterloo for the last time this morning. Thankfully, I'm Mark Woodley, News 7, KWWL.
1: (laughs) So slick, there you go. I'm thinking Monday night, if the snow's still coming down, forget sports, we'll send you out there. What do you think?
5: You better open up your budget, because first of all, I'd have a pop-up tent over me with heat is blowing. I'd be wearing a nice purple Gucci (laughs) jacket with the beautiful (laughs) leopard rim over it. What are you talking about? Purple umbrella with paisleys on it. I I mean, I'd be styling, but I'd be bitching too, like
2: that guy. I wouldn't
5: blame him, especially when you make people get up at three in the morning to do that. Woo! Uh,
2: Okay, 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 okay. Uh, As a former executive producer of the show, What I can say is we happen to have a live view pack and we can make that happen. We can bring Rick out. I don't just say Monday. I think all next week from a location, (laughs) different location every night, a different outfit. And uh, you can not only report the weather, but whatever sporting events may be going on. And I will be your cameraman. I'm not that motivated because when I came in, I looked in my slot, my mail slot to see what my LFSB
5: holiday bogus, I mean, bonus was. and I didn't see
2: anything, so I'm not that motivated. <laughs> I'll bring some
1: cookies. Now, Harry, I'll bring cookies. Wow. How about yes, if we sir? do weather? How about if he does weather from the sporting events? How about that? Ooh, that, that could be good.
2: And if you remember, Damon, back in the uh, day man. when Weather, weather <laughs> Nation first started, remember we were running around doing weather reports? Do you no. remember that? Oh, uh, Fran's got to remember we when I remember Weather Nation
1: cutting together hurricane footage and
2: whatnot. Yeah, yeah when Weather Nation first started, uh, 2011, I believe. Uh, myself, Vic Latino, uh, Cory, and Kim were running around Long Island, certainly for Sandy. I mean, Sandy was the big oh. one. And-
1: well, you uh, yeah, you said you remember we, doing it like I was doing it. I, I, for I, I some said, reason, I, don't I
2: thought maybe you were editing. You know, you weren't doing it. You were doing, at the time, a, a, a couple of different shows. But I thought somehow you were involved. I, mean, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But He was, he was involved we, sitting so, in bed. So That's so what doing. <laughs> doing. <laughs> we We did do weather, though. I'll never forget. We did do weather. We were running around yes. with the blizzards. It was kind of cool. So, Rick, I, well, if you're ready, let's do it, man. All right. Let's do it.
1: Well, that's the idea for Monday, so we'll see. But for now, we'll leave it doing sports. And here with that, brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. LFS6B is the code at checkout. Is Slick Rick, what's going on in the job that you do for now, Slick Rick, and that would be sports?
5: Well, get ready because you need to get a bill for a new slicker for Slick Rick to wear uh, <laughs> in the weather. So here we go, Big D. Well, let's talk about last night. Odds Makers picked up a quick 5G, reduced the balance there a little bit for me. Uh, Lawrence and Jaguars continue playoff push and outclassed the Jets, 19-3, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Met get a life stadium. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was in a celebratory mood, decked out in an ugly Christmas sweater while acknowledging it wasn't the prettiest performance he and his Jacksonville Jaguars have had during their playoff surge. It was plenty good enough though. The Jags 19-3 victory over an embarrassed Zach Wilson and the slumping New York Jets on a rainy, windy Thursday night has them in control of their postseason destiny. Uh, it's just a big win, Lawrence said. It shows his team is growing. We don't have to we don't have to have 40 points to win. We don't have to have all these uh, yards. Whatever it takes to win, we're able to do so. I think that young man's really coming to his own, just to kind of paraphrase it out. Had a big night last night. Jags are now seven and eight. And i tell you, they might be the, the favorite to come out of that AFC South. They keep pushing. They're looking good. So I, I like the Jags, especially after they beat up my, my Cowboys there on that overtime victory earlier in the uh, early last Sunday, I should say. So we'll see what happens. Trevor Lawrence, right? Looks Reminds me a little of Joe Namath, you know, with the hair and I don't know, he kind of has that look to him. I like him. Modern day Joe Namath, if you will. And uh, just one more quick one, Big D. Uh, Lionel Messi and uh, Kylian Mbappe demand for memorabilia soars after World Cup final. This is a TMZ Sports report. Fans all wanted a piece of Lionel Messi and, Kyl- and Kylian Mbappe memorabilia in the hours after the two soccer stars put on a show in the World Cup final with auction officials telling TMZ Sports the demand for their items rivaled that of Jordan and James, that'd be LeBron James, Damon's favorite player. Officials from the PWCC marketplace tell us that following the Argentina versus France- tilt on Sunday, items saw with Messi and Bopi became the most sought after in their auction space. Per a rep from the auction house, searches for Messi rose 345% from his normal average. And Mbappe queries uh, came in uh, 363% up from normal. Messi was searched nearly three times more than Michael Jordan, more than four times uh, than LeBron James. So really pretty wild, Big D. So, hey, that World Cup was one of the greatest, certainly in my lifetime, that I have ever seen. That, that second half, the first half was one of the worst I've ever seen. That second Second half was absolute gold. And uh, anyway, back to you, Big D. That's a wrap in sports. We'll have more a little bit later. And makers coming up at the end of the show.
1: Oh, that's right. Oddsmaker's coming up. End of the show. Week 16 in the NFL. Some interesting matchups. Playoff implications. It all factors in. What are you picking on Saturday? Some bowl games?
5: I only have one bowl game on uh, Christmas Eve, Big D. And that would be the, the Hawaii Bowl. I mean, that's the only okay. one that's in action. So I have that pick, yes.
1: All right. Very good. Um, well, we don't have a ton of time, Paul, but let's do a little news. Maybe you can give me one story. And here with the news is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan?
6: Yeah, I'll just keep this one as a quick one. Elon Musk put up a Twitter poll the past week, uh, giving users on Twitter the opportunity uh, to vote whether the $1.7 spending bill should pass. And uh, can you guess how that poll went, Big D?
1: Uh, I'm gonna guess it had a. I, I'm gonna guess it had a lot of votes because when Elon Musk puts anything up, he probably gets the best polling of any pollster we know in this country, and he gets more. He probably gets more votes.
6: 3.1 um, million votes. How many? 3.1 million. Wow. I
1: would have thought 70, it'd been more than.
6: I would have thought on it been more 2. than that. It was a week long. 71.2 uh, oh, percent said no. They don't agree with this massive, massive devaluation of the dollar. So, uh, But there were 29, almost 29% of the lemmings said, go ahead, print it, I don't know what it means.
1: And let me ask you a question <laughs> not Paul Nolan. Which side of, which like side of that vote like do lemming. you think ended up winning?
6: <laughs> and there was another one that I think uh, Pelosi wrote, it's none of your business lemming. The lemmings win again, the lemmings <laughs> win again.
1: Print it, baby. Because we don't give a damn about your money all right live from studio 6b we'll do some more news when we get back right after this 6B on a Friday Night Real America's Voice Merry Christmas everybody hope you have a great Christmas Eve tomorrow Christmas Day on Sunday remember we're going to be off on Monday as I believe most of the network will be I think we'll have a Christmas special with Ed and Karen in the morning most of us will be off uh, so you'll see alternative programming we will see probably a rerun of this show on Monday night and then we'll be back on Tuesday a couple of the guys are going to take some time off this week, but I'll be back with you Tuesday. Slick so Rick might be around this week as well. Geo Fran will be holding it down. Harry may pop in and join us, but I'll be here all next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with you as well. So Monday will be the only night off of a live show, and then I'll be back on Tuesday to take you through the rest of the week. Let's do some more news since we only got barely one story in there. And here with the news brought to you by our friends at earlytreatmentmeds.com. is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan?
6: Hey, again, thank the audience for all the love and support. And uh, you know, you always uh, all these stories I do, I I put them over on my Getter page, which is really the only place I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm posting. I'm I'm thinking about maybe making a comeback with Twitter if it turns into less of a cesspool. Um, but uh, but in the meantime, it's it's Papa Nolan, P-O-P-P-A-N-O-L-A-N, over at Getter. Um, yes, yeah, so former President Donald Trump, Trump exclusively shared. With Breitbart News, his latest campaign video, in which he blasts Democrats for releasing his personal tax returns and calls on the incoming Republican-led House of Representatives to obtain and release President Joe Biden's financial records, which I think we could all agree it would be a riot if that ever happened, because we know how criminal him, he and his family are and how stupid he is. You know way, He's not hiding his footprints. So on Tuesday, the Democrat-led House Means and Ways Commission voted along party lines to release Trump's tax returns. Within hours, it published data from Trump's 2015 to 2020 returns. The committee obtained the documents through a legal appeal court ruling that ordered Trump to turn them over following a years-long legal battle. The 45th president had filed a request with the Supreme Court blocking the ruling, but it was denied last month. Trump, the lone Republican candidate thus far for the 2024 GRP primary field, blasted the radical Democrats. On Friday, for their move, asserting it's an outrageous abuse of power and that the documents only show how successful he has been. Um, He wrote, you know, he said in the statement, uh, there's no legitimate legislative purpose for their action. And if you look at what they've done, it's so sad for our country. He said, uh, after calling the situation unconstitutional, he said, it's nothing but another deranged political witch hunt, which has been going on from the day I came down the escalator at Trump Tower. Uh, He went on to say, that uh, plans are already in the works to obtain Biden, uh, Biden's financial records. Last month, uh, Jamie Comer of Kentucky, who set to uh, chair the House Oversight Committee in the new Congress, announced that he intends to open an investigation into Biden on a number of potential violations, including wire fraud, conspiracy to commit, commit wire fraud, violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, violations of the foreign corrupt uh, Practices Act and Violations of Trafficking Victims Protection Act, Tax Evasion, Money Laundering, and Conspiracy to Commit Money Laundering. So um, open them all up. Open all these guys' books up. I'm, I'm all for it. I, what do you guys think? Just, how about some transparency in D.C. for the, these, the, the elites, the oligarchs? I, I think enough's enough.
1: Here's how you knew it was a nothing burger. There's a, is after all of the think about the years of media um led uh innuendo that we used to get on the on the on the news The Trump's time he doesn't want us to see him, he doesn't want to you can just imagine what's in there. So they finally <laughs> get them and they release them. They do it on a Tuesday night at like 8 p.m. That's how you know it's a nothing burger because no one's interested in the tax returns of a billionaire who left office poorer than when he went in and that's a fact we're interested more interested if we're gonna be if tax returns are on the table now let's start with joe biden and not only his tax returns let's get his s-corps too where he used obama's own tax regulations to get around uh his corp taxes let's take a look at all of his s-corps that he has in his name or his kids names or his brother's names or who else's names let's look at everything let's look at pelosi's returns Let's look at John Roberts returns. Let's look at all these people who went into office worth a couple hundred grand left worth a couple hundred million. I'd be much more interested in seeing that if the Democrats had he in, they have more interest in Trump's tax returns than they have in uh, the SBF money laundered through Ukraine, who that went to um, Epstein's client list. They have no interest in that. They have all this interest in Trump's tax returns. And after all these years and after all the nonsense BS, we've heard about them. Now they have them. And guess what? <laughs> nothing. Got nothing.
6: Zippo. You know. And while we're on that nothing. list over there, maybe it's time we audit the Federal Reserve. While we're at it, why don't <laughs> we open up the books of the Federal Reserve? While we're at it, while we're on a little roll here for transparency, let's see where all that money goes. All, all, all the profits there. Why don't we? Why don't we audit everything that's come in and out of of, of the Fed? Mm-hmm. Any chance in that you think? There's, you know, there's two sets of rules, two sets of laws, and. Uh, I guarantee nothing happens with Biden and his criminal family. Nothing. Not a thing. Not a zilch. Zero. Nil. uh, And and they'll just be able to just keep rolling on. And then something else will come in the news cycle. We won't hear nothing about it. Yeah.
7: And remember, what, what was it about a couple of years ago, just before the 2020? Rachel Maddow with that breaking news. We have Trump's tax returns. And what did it turn
6: into? They had nothing. Yeah, it, turned oh, well, it into turns Geraldo out the Rivera's breaking into the safe of Al Capone. Right. It That's turns out had. it turns
7: out, well, what they found out from the expert that she had on with him is, oh, he pays uh, he pays uh, some, he paid a lot of taxes. That's what they found out. <laughs> it's like it's like the guy was like, Yeah, uh, you know and I, I think they only had a couple pages. Well, but but right. he determined the tax expert that she brought in takes a look at it and goes yeah, it turns out he uh he pays a lot of taxes here. <laughs> Rick, yeah, because, like, by golly, he's quite the citizen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Jesus, and, this it is uh, into, and it turned into nothing. And not only the S-Corps, and I know you guys are talking about the, the, the Biden NGOs. family. But talk about, talk about the people that they are related to, because I think that's the bigger thing, is how they hide it through brothers and, and cousins and this person and that, uh, sons and daughters who miraculously get these amazing jobs that nobody else has access to. And all of a sudden, uh, they become millionaires. And I think that's where, that's where the real laundering goes on. So...
1: I saw a thing that, that Trump thought. went into office worth 4.4 billion, came out being worth 3.2. Wow. Obama went in being worth about 400,000 and left. Uh, you know, maybe Obama went in being worth about a million, left being worth 100 million. Clinton's 100 went in wow. being worth 400 grand, left 120 million. I'm much more interested in how those numbers get to be those numbers than going from 4.4 billion to 3.2 billion. That that's uh, I'm not I'm not really down with that story. That's not that's not the way it's supposed to work. I want to know how you go from 400 grand to 120 million with the Clinton Foundation. That that's what I want to do. I want to get me some of that. How about that?
7: Yeah, and so and some of those uh, even better than Buffett stock tips.
6: Yeah. So
1: yeah. Well, you'd have to you'd have to ask O Nan for those. You'd have to go over to Nan. She's the she's the uh, she she trades better than the uh, traders at Goldman Sachs, don't you know?
6: Well, speaking of Nan, this also uh, partisan January sixth committee re- report published Thursday ignores House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's role in the failure to provide enhanced capital security before the protest. Instead, the committee's report attempted to place the blame of the riot squarely on President Donald Trump. Trump sat in the dining office of his dining room of his Oval Office, watching the violent riot at the Capitol. As Cheney wrote in the report, ignoring everything that led up to those uh, January sixth events. You know, uh, Cheney continued. During this time, law enforcement agents were attacked and seriously injured. The Capitol was invaded. The electoral uh, electoral count was halted, and the lives of those in the Capitol were put at risk. She uh, continued by saying, "In addition to being unlawful, as described in this report, this was an utter moral failure, a clear dereliction of duty." And as we know, not most Republicans don't didn't really agree with all that. And you know, she obviously got ousted. You know, for her. The ridiculous position, the neocon daughter that she is. But uh, on Wednesday, House Republicans released their own report, which shed light on how the Capitol security was left vulnerable to massive crowds. The report found uh, Democrat House leadership and law enforcement leaders in the Capitol police were quite worried about the optics of enhanced security before the protest. And uh, they went on to write leadership and law enforcement failures within the U.S. Capitol left the complex vulnerable on January 6th. The Democrat led investigation the House of Representatives, however, has disregarded those institutional failings that exposed the Capitol uh, to violence that day. Uh, I will post this one also on my page because it's a really interesting story. If you go through the whole thing, and uh, you know, it's just another example of don't look here, look over here at the shiny object. Here's your victim. We'll package this very complex story of espionage and and false flags and 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 an absolute utter mayhem of. With uh, with here, here's your package vi- villain. His name is Trump. He's orange, and he's a threat to democracy. And morons believe it. You know, so as the whole thing is, I really the story is incredible. D. I don't know if you've been following it or not.
1: I have been following it, and what I followed more than the one they released was the one that Jim Jordan, Rodney Davis, um, Kelly Kelly uh, Slater, and two others, uh, Troy Nels, and one other released. Uh, on the January 6th failings. Justin News has a fantastic piece on all roads lead to Pelosi. And as I've been saying, and if you haven't watched my video on it, it's available on our YouTube, it's available on our Facebook, it's available on our getter. I did a video on this this morning. It was released on most places. Some, of them, some people got it early yesterday on locals. It was out yesterday. But I go through the report and break down all of the things that lead directly back to the Speaker's office. And of course, the January sixth committee, as if we needed any more reason to know that they were a total sham, didn't spend one iota of a second on any of it. None of these emails from these people, as the uh, from the inside, as the House Sergeant at Arms was asked and fired by Pelosi's office, and some of the emails from the people inside saying, "Are you kidding me? After everything we asked for for this day, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna ask the Sergeant at Arms to uh, to give up his job? That's a joke." Appropriation should be left out to dry here, um, and everything that Pelosi did, I'm convinced that, in my opinion, just my opinion, but I'm convinced that Pelosi, as she went through the preparations for this day and the intel that they got, on already the the idea that this was spontaneous and had anything to do with Trump or his speech is so that train has left the station so far gone at this point, she knew the possibility of what could happen that day and how it would look on him having spoke earlier that day. And she um, she absolutely knew what could possibly transpire and purposely did nothing to help contain what they knew was coming there that day. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced of it after reading Jim Jordan's report. You go top to bottom in that report. By the way, it's very easy to read the way they wrote it. It's very easy to read. You should all download it, go to Just the News, Read the uh, thing that came out yesterday or the day before, um, and read it, and go through the report. There's no doubt she knew what this day could end up being, and she purposely did nothing about it, number one. Left Republicans out of the debate of the planning, number two. And turned down the National Guard to be there because she didn't like the optics of it, number three. And all the time, hid most of it from all the Republicans who were on that committee. So, uh, Harry, I know you got to run. Anything else you want to yeah. tell the audience and anything before you have to leave?
2: No, just wishing everybody a very merry Christmas. Uh, you know, thanks for thanks for watching every night. You know, I mean the show is great. We got a great 2023 coming, and uh, just looking forward to the ride. And Rick, we got to get you out next week. Come on, let's let's go on location. Go.
1: <laughs> All right, the great Harry Oates. Merry Christmas. I live from Studio Six B. We're back with sports and news right after this. six B on a friday night what even is that coming up top of the hour with rick delgado you're not going to want to miss that slick rick's going to do some more sports here in a second all took breaks so rick's going to do some news here in a minute as well uh, glad you're in on a Friday night. Hope you have a great weekend, everybody. And again, we're off on Monday, so I hope I don't get a ton of emails. Where's the show? We're off on Monday. We're off on Monday. We're off on Monday. I'll be back with you on Tuesday tonight. You'll we get that from eight, Harry? Yeah. Where's it's the a show? bank holiday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm ready to Let's go do some on. sports. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, MyPillow, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? All right,
5: well, here's a story that's really percolating. Ex-NFL great Willie McGinnis claims truth will prevail after arrest for assault. This is Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart. Former New England Patriots legend Willie McGinnis has posted a brief claim that truth will prevail after his arrest for assault. McGinnis was arrested and uh, charged with assault on December 19th after turning himself in in connection to an assault that occurred on December 9th in a popular West Hollywood restaurant. He was booked and released on $30,000 bond. A clip of surveillance video of the fight first posted by TMZ Sports, who else, uh, seems to show the former player, along with half a dozen other men, launching a surprise attack on a man sitting at a dining uh, table in the restaurant. The video allegedly shows McGinnis punching the man at the table in the face without much warning and later grabbing a bottle for a weapon. Uh, Now, McGinnis seems to be saying that despite the pretty convincing video, to the contrary, the story isn't as cut and dried or as clear a case as uh, of assault, uh, The former NFL star posted to his Instagram the cryptic message, things aren't always how they seem at first. The truth will prevail. McGinnis was selected out of the USC by the New England Patriots as a number four overall pick in the 1994 draft, spent his first 12 NFL seasons in Boston. He won three Super Bowls and was selected to the Pro Bowl twice before spending his final three seasons with the Cleveland Browns. And I just saw earlier today on TMZ Sports that he actually apologized to the restaurant and actually sent out a message how, you know, he wants to become a better person. And, you know, after, you know, thousands and thousands of hours and years and years of community service donating money to charity, how it could just get eradicated in a, in, a ma- in a matter of a moment. So we'll see how this plays out. But, you know, it's a big star, Big D. I mean, this is a guy who most likely is a Hall of Fame, you know, candidate, maybe even first ballot, you know. And uh, so I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I um, I um
1: saw the video and, and I would be interested to know what Mr. McGinnis says is the, the truth is not always whatever the hell he said, because the video If it has not been doctored, which it certainly does not look like it the way it plays out, I I don't know how you could refute it. I I, I don't think it could possibly matter what had happened before. The guy's clearly sitting at a dinner table talking to someone. He's not disheveled. He doesn't look like he was already in a fight. He doesn't look like anything. And and McGinnis and these other guys walk in and walk up to him. I mean, what? What could the excuse possibly be? I mean, I'm all for waiting to get all the facts, but I mean, there's just some things that when it's this, when it's this clearly caught on video, what, what could have, what could be the, it's not what it seems.
5: It could be a Buffalo Does Bills fan. Is offer
1: like a suggestion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't
5: know. It could be a Bills fan, Big D. <laughs> I mean, it could have been something that happened outside. Something was said,
1: but still, you, you know, before,
7: that. The, before but still, he came walking in. I don't know
1: there's going to be nothing that's going to happen outside that justifies what that video shows. Yeah. It's not (laughs) self-defense.
5: Yeah. I haven't heard if NFL network has let him go. I know he was an analyst on NFL network for many years, a good one at that. And um, I'm not sure if he's still on the network. So we'll see how that plays out. Very interesting. And uh, these guys, I don't know what it is. They're out there. They just lose their minds when they go out there.
1: These are are public figures, you know, I mean, it's crazy. So listen, this was, this was, this guy was clearly targeted. There is no doubt. You can tell by the guy, who gets yeah. the beating, the moment he looks up from the table and sees who it is, you can tell by his whole body language, the way he starts to get up, that something's going to go down. So there's no doubt that um, that that the that this guy is targeted and he knows when he sees who's there, he knows what's coming. So wow. I don't know what the it's not seemingly what we show on the video, because it sure as hell looks like it's exactly what we see on the video. Wow.
5: But. Time for one we'll more see. big D. Yeah. Go okay. Ahead. Shohei Ohtani could become first $500 million major league player next winter. This is Adam Gretz a Yardbarker, Real quick here. Uh, there have been some massive contracts signed in MLB this offseason, and they might simply just be the opening act for what comes next winter when Shohei Ohtani uh, potentially hits the open market. Baseball insider John Heyman spoke to several agents this week to try and gauge what Ohtani's next deal might look like, and there's belief that he is poised to become the first $500 million player in MLB history. Um, of course, he's got great stats. The guy can pitch. The guy can hit. He's a, he's a modern-day Babe Ruth in many ways. Not that he's Babe Ruth, but he's on his way. And uh, so I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I guess the Los Angeles Angels are going to have to dig deep, kind of like what the Yankees did with Aaron Judge, because this guy's going to be, boy, a player for the generation if he's not already, like like Judge, but $500 million. You know, I'll tell you, Sports is still uh, making the money. I got to admit that, boy. Big dollars. And you know, like we were saying the other day, the Mets, they have a payroll of $840 million or $810 million this year. And Rick was saying bleacher seats now are going to be $450 for a nosebleed seat. It's going to cost you $950 to take your kids out to your son out to a game or your daughter. Crazy. But anyway, Big D, that's a wrap in sports. Back to you. Looking forward to the odds makers at the end of this show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I he, know you're,
1: looking, you're always Christmas. looking forward to it. Before the games get played and then you are nowhere to be found on the weekend. So hopefully this weekend, hopefully this weekend's a little different for you. I put the
5: mute button on.
1: All right, let's let's do some news uh, while Paul's taking a break here. Uh, Let's do some news. We'll do it with Rick Delgata. What's going on?
7: All right. I got a couple of real quick ones here. Lindsey Graham says the Ukraine war won't end. Unless Russians take out Putin. Now, this isn't the first time that Lindsay has said this. He said this back in March. But he said it again on Wednesday that Russia's war against Ukraine won't end until uh, Vladimir Putin is taken out. Um, (laughs) He he made the comments uh, on a different network the day that Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky uh, met with President Joe Biden. Yeah, Uh, he stopped in for a check and gave an impassioned speech to a joint session of Congress. Uh, Graham said, how does this war end when Russia breaks and they take Putin out? Anything short of that, uh, the war is going to continue. To ask Ukrainians to give up, to give Russia part of their country after all the death and destruction is not going to happen. To signal a ceasefire, Russia will take the opportunity to rearm and come back at them. So we're in it to win it. This is, this is Lindsey Graham. I guess he includes us with the Ukrainians. Uh, and the only way we're going to win it is to break the Russian military and have somebody in Russia take Putin out to give the Russian people, people a new lease on life. So strange, weird comments coming from Lindsey Graham. Because, again, this is not our fight. This is not our war. But it seems like yeah. w- w- it's a proxy war that we are fighting exactly. through the Ukrainians. Oof.
1: Just keep, keep that voting the way they're doing it in South Carolina so we can keep getting Lindsey Graham. Just keep that keep that ranked choice voting the way it's going so all the Democrats come out and vote and keep giving us Lindsey Graham. It's just what we want.
7: Yeah, it's insane. Uh, here's, another, here's another one. This one is a little Christmassy in nature and, and you might actually see this come up in another segment coming up soon. I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe a reference to it at least. A uh, this, this story coming out of Shepherdsville, Kentucky. A Cousin Eddie display in Kentucky apparently looked a little too real and police were called to check it out yes believe it or not after receiving a call a dispatcher described the scene to responding officers as a male standing outside he's naked with a robe on covering part of his body he's exposing himself and he has a hose between his legs (laughs) much like the scene from christmas vacation when uh, cousin eddie is standing outside emptying the crapper from the uh, rv Officers arrived to the Shepherdsville home to find a mannequin in the yard that looked like Cousin Eddie from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, It was decorated with a robe, a hat, a cigar, and a beer, and he was holding what appeared to be an orange hose. Homeowner Joni Kearney says that she decided to put up the display of her favorite Christmas movie just to have some fun. Everybody has a Cousin Eddie in their family, she said. I just want people to have a good Christmas and get a good laugh. Uh, Responding officers did get a good laugh and took some photos with the display, never a dull moment, Shepherdsville Police Chief Rick McCubbin said. So, there you have it. Uh, <laughs> that naked guy in the front lawn with a hose and a robe. Uh, it could be just a, it could just be a mannequin. Could be a traveling gnome.
1: <laughs> All right, live from Studio 6B. Odds make is coming up. Talk about the ominous bill. Chip Roy coming up as well. We get back right after this. live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you have an absolutely fantastic weekend, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Kind of weird that it falls on a Saturday and Sunday. just kind of feels like uh, we'll be off on Monday, uh, so we'll have a little extra time. Then we'll be back with you on Tuesday. I'll be back with you on Tuesday uh, from here at the home studio. I'll be here all week spending as much time with my kids who are off from school as possible, doing some things, but I'll be here at nights to be with you. Look forward to doing that. Uh, we'll do some more news here in hour two. Uh, we have a WTF today. We've got some other clips. PragerU, good video uh, talking to students about Christmas. We'll try to get to that. Chip Roy ripping on this omnibus, which, of course, passed the house earlier today. Just, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. The GOP is just, you know, we've been talking about it. We've been talking about it. Uh, And I'll tell you, Kimberly Strassel has a absolute fantastic piece today in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, She's about the only one over there that I really give consistent reading to. Uh, She has a piece today called The Back End of the Omnibus. GOP complicity with the spending blowout is one reason it is still in the Senate minority. And I'd say that's the second reason. The number one reason that we're in the minority and will remain in there is because of the leader in the Senate. And that would be one Mitch McConnell, who's as who's as pathetic as they come. So, um, of course, they both go hand in hand. So if we have some time, we'll get to her piece, because it's probably the best summation of the whole thing that I've seen so far. Although there's many good ones. Horowitz has a great one today in the Blaze as well. So lots of stuff to get to. But right now, it's time for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. The Christmas weekend edition of Rick <laughs> Delgado. And what even is that?
7: All right. Well, Damon, thank you. And, and I think we all know it's been kind of a wacky year. And most of us are happy that, well, Christmas is now upon us, right? Uh, sadly, yes. I'm not one of them. Oh,
8: yeah. how, how.
7: <laughs> right? I mean, I'm yeah. usually a Christmas kind of guy from Thanksgiving on. I'm the guy who's, you know, got the Christmas songs blaring in the car, singing along. Oh, I, I want want for Christmas. No, 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 no. Is, is oh. you? Sing it with me, Mariah. Yeah, that's me. I'm that guy.
6: I came in on a Friday night for that? Yeah, she does not sound like the blues, I can tell you <laughs> that. But sadly,
5: it like cat and heat. <laughs> that's
7: just that's that's not even me this year. <laughs> I don't know why and I haven't been able to put my finger on it till probably just about now. You see, normally there will be the watching of Christmas classic movies that kind of gets me in the mood, but I've not found myself with much time to watch them this year. So as we uh, count down to Christmas, I figured, you know what? I'm gonna be offering up my own list of Christmas classic movies. And Clay, you're not you don't have the Christmas Spirit either to help get you in the Christmas spirit. So let's get started, right? Okay. okay. Now, before you start thinking that this is just movies we always watch, and let me tell you, these are not your typical Christmas classic movies. As a oh, matter of fact... The best. Here it. we go. I'm probably I'm probably the only one that considers some of these movies to be Christmas classics, Christmas but for some weekend. reason... Here we go. They've always oh. gotten me in the mood.
5: What? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's going to get us in trouble again.
7: <laughs> so, Christmas spirit, let's get it cranked up, right? So let's do it. And... Just just for the Christmas time, I'm going to present these as I'm reading the Christmas classic, Twas a Night Before oh, Christmas. Uh, there we go. All right, here we go. <laughs> Twas two days before Christmas and all through D.C. The politicians were nervous like they were underwear wrestling with Paul Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> but there was something wrong. Something wasn't quite right because... I was missing my Christmas spirit tonight. So grab a pen and jot these down and let's kick that grinchy feeling out of our Christmas town. It starts with Fat Man, a strange Santa tale, a Mel Gibson movie where Santa rains down hell. But don't worry, kids, through the emotions that will will flood, there's a heartfelt Christmas message through all the violence and the blood. Next up on my list is a movie called The Ref, starring Dennis Leary and some pedo from the left.
2: <laughs> I from Kevin
7: Spacey's basement, help me! But what makes me love this film, and make it a must-see, is the character Connie, played by Christine Baranski. But I'm not hungry.
5: Eat. Yet. Don't annoy me. It's Christmas. The spirit of Christmas is either you're good,
0: or you're punished and you burn in hell.
7: There you go.
5: <laughs> and ah,
7: the spirit of Christmas. That's what this list is about. And happiness and joy. And don't forget, a good shootout. So now on deck is an action classic for you and me with John McClain and Hans Gruber fighting it out at Nakatomi.
8: Go to the coast. we we'll get together. Have a few laughs.
7: And there will be plenty of, then the laughs will be a plenty in this next action flick that always gets me in the mood for the arrival of St. Nick. It stars Mel Gibson as a much younger self, but don't mistake his mullet, don't mistake his mullet for that of a good natured elf. <laughs> Riggs has a death wish that his partner Murtaugh can plainly see, but watch as he uses Christmas lights to kick the crap out of Gary Busey. (laughs) So now I'm down to the last on my list. Just thinking about watching them has given me a Christmas lift. It's uh, the only movie that has Christmas prominently in the name with Chevy Chase's Clark Griswold and Cousin Eddie, who's insane. Yeah. <laughs> but here is the scene that really does it for me. I guess it's because we can all get related to the holiday insanity.
8: And I want to look them straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood. Sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty lipped worm-headed sack of monkey s*** he is! (laughs) Hallelujah!
7: Holy s***! Where's the Tylenol? (laughs) So there you have it. My Christmas movie list, I hope you offers you some insight. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. And before I wrap okay. up, I hope oh. watching wasn't a bother. For hey, if it was, well then, yippee-ki-yay, mother... Damon, back to you. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <Yippee>! Good <laughs> one, man. That was cool.
7: Uh, thank you.
6: That uh, was great. Man. All right. See,
7: see, Paul, it was worth it.
6: That, that was
7: worth it. great.
8: Coast. We get together, have a few left. laughs.
7: But
1: not... <laughs> that is absolutely a Christmas movie. Can we all agree to that? Yes. Oh, yeah.
7: Of course.
1: Okay. Okay, because so? there is a lot of debate out there. Yes.
7: Yeah, how that, so, though? That, that and Lethal Weapon always have a lot on of
4: Christmas? debate.
1: All right, let's find out if we agree, by the way, on that, that it is a Christmas movie. Cut 10, G. Roll it.
4: Hey, you guys. Aldo here with PragerU. I'm here at California State Northridge, and I'm here to talk to some of the students and maybe spread a little bit of Christmas cheer. Let's do it. Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays? Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. <laughs> happy, holidays. happy holidays. Why? Uh, because it's a
0: time of holidays, not just Christmas.
4: Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays?
0: Merry Christmas.
4: Absolutely. Merry Christmas.
3: Happy holidays is like, I don't know, it's like, it lacks that shrink, you know, that flavor, so.
4: Gingerbread cookies or candy canes?
3: Chocolate chip cookies. <laughs>
4: <laughs> None of the- gingerbread. None of the above, all right. What do you want for Christmas this year?
3: I want money i think i want a concert
4: ticket take some money about hours of my job cool with that passing great on my final is die hard a christmas movie yes or no
7: oh man uh i'm gonna be honest i haven't seen die hard yet
4: you're getting cold for christmas is die hard a christmas movie no
8: I never what? What?
4: okay both of you are getting cold for christmas he also ridiculous. said happy holidays is die hard a christmas movie no no oh. no no what's going on here <laughs>
0: At home alone then yeah that's a christmas movie come on
4: die hard is a christmas movie it <laughs> no, is
0: i love the nightmare before christmas i think that's a good christmas and halloween movie
4: maybe a christmas story okay. I like that I like the classics die hard die hard there finally you guys somebody why do we <laughs> celebrate christmas <laughs> because there's presents and mistletoes and sick music can you think of anything else um <laughs> well isn't it a religious they you. Wow. You know why do we celebrate Christmas? Uh the birth of our uh, generous Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So uh, why do we celebrate Lord. Christmas? Uh because we are celebrating Jesus and giving birth. Jesus. Yeah.
0: Jesus Christ. It's his birthday,
4: right? Oh well, yeah. His birthday. Amen. Why do we celebrate Christmas?
0: Jesus.
2: You yeah. think
4: that uh <laughs> do you think Christmas is something that we should celebrate as a society around the country in our offices, our schools and our institutions? Yeah, I do. And I feel like most people- You should people ask do. her out. There are a lot of people <laughs> Maria. that maybe celebrate all their religious holidays, and maybe they just celebrate the holidays itself. You know, it's winter. Right. And there's just that idea of, this is that time of the year, we're all getting together. We're
1: giving, we stuff.
7: Like <laughs>
0: getting together with your family and um, with your friends, things like that. Everyone has their own personal reasons, I think. There's no like, one right way to celebrate Christmas or the holidays. <laughs> Drinking hot chocolate, going to
6: the snow with my family. Family aspects, uh, presents, presents too. Do
4: you think we should still celebrate Christmas in offices and in schools and in our institutions around the country? Yeah, I think everyone should have the option to celebrate Christmas if they would like to and they should have the option to celebrate any holiday if they would like to. We shouldn't be restricted to a single holiday. But you think it's important for us as a country to all come together and celebrate one holiday together. Um, May that be Christmas. I don't think
7: we should be celebrating one single holiday because not everyone celebrates Christmas. Because I have friends who celebrate things like Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and Christmas um, and I don't think anyone should be forced to celebrate just one thing.
4: I don't think forced though, but I think everybody can get in on the the Christmas cheer, the Christmas songs. I don't really feel like there's a reason to change it. If it's been like that, uh, I don't really see like any reason to change it right now. Well, you guys, that is a wrap. If you enjoyed this video, make sure to like and subscribe. Let us know what you think in the comments below and make sure to share this with all of your friends. Make sure to follow me and PragerU on all social medias. And if you haven't done so already, download the PragerU app. We'll see you guys in the next one. Merry Christmas. So, uh, just make sure to leave out chocolate chip cookies and whole milk. None of the soy, none of the almond or, you know, nut milk. <laughs> whole fat milk.
8: Ho oh, oh, ho oh. ho. <laughs>
1: <Coconut milk. laughs> uh, that's good and i second that by the way download all the prager U stuff they're fantastic fantastic yeah,
6: they're stuff They do a lot of good work
1: yeah yeah what'd you think of that slick rick
5: i thought that was awesome absolutely i actually for the most part i, I expected some ding dong answers but they were pretty on point even the young lady she was very good they were all good actually I at least them.
3: we now know christmas is about sick music yeah,
5: right. <laughs> exactly. Well, I like the Jesus part. <laughs> <laughs> At least they know it's about Jesus. It's good to see because I think a lot of people have lost, literally lost focus on that over the years. They really have. It's a shame. We need to really reinstill that in this country. It's important.
1: Put the Christ back in Christmas, right? No, so, like, Greg... no question. Yes.
6: Like that. No question. Okay. So I want to just ask because I always play Deadville Advocate with the, uh, the Die Hard movie. I happen to be a Bruce Willis Phantom. Kind of a fanboy, love them, um, love all the diehards. Uh, you know, Mel Gibson guy too. Why do you think Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Because it takes place on Christmas. Mm. What, what, what's the reason? Now, I always, I always take the opposite of whether pick something because I really don't care. But give, someone give me one good reason why it's a Christmas movie. Well, because it takes
7: place at a Christmas party just before Christmas. Yeah.
6: the Christmas look, Christmas right
1: there. There's Christmas um, throughout yeah,
6: the movie, throughout the entire movie. Lights. And- okay. Would you say it's on the same vein as Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, or it's a wonderful light?
7: No, yeah. it's better. There's way more okay. killing in this one. <laughs>
5: yes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. he uses the Christmas tape to tape the gun to his back. I mean, come on. That's oh, what do you mean? I
6: am with you. That was my argument. He uses the wrapping paper. That's it. <laughs>
1: I sound like the blues on a Friday night live from Studio 6B? Let me talk to you about our friends at Birch Gold. Are the Biden administration's New Year goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? Well, I'll bet it is. When you finally had enough of the games government's playing with your savings in retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I'm tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by our leaders in Washington, hence the last two days. For over 5,000 years gold has withstood inflation geopolitical turmoil and stock market crashes and here's the great news you can still get it in fact you can own gold and silver in a tax sheltered retirement account birch gold makes it easy to convert an ira or 401k into an ira in precious metals here's what you need to do text the word america send it to 989898 to claim your free information kit on gold with almost 20 years experience converting iras and 401ks into precious metal IRAs Burge Gold can help you protect yourself with gold today by texting America to the number 989898 they have an A-plus rating with their Better Business Bureau thousands of satisfied customers and countless five-star reviews secure your future with gold start today with a free information kit there's zero obligation to make this request just text America to 989898 19 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Let's do some sports and some news. We'll start with sports. Sports is brought to you, as always, by our friend Mike Lindell. MyPillow, MyPillow.com, slash LFS6B for all the best deals for the LFS6B audience. And you can use our code LFS6B at checkout. And I want to just say I really appreciate everybody who used our code during this holiday season to do your great shopping and great gifts that hopefully your people you give them to are going to love. It's a great way to support 6B so that we can continue to do what we do. Uh, I want to thank Mike Lindell uh, for their generosity as well. I hope they have a wonderful holiday. I hope you do as well. And I just want to thank everybody who's used the code and will continue to use it when you want to shop and get great stuff from Lindell. All right, Slick Rick, what's going on?
5: All right, well, in the spirit of LFS 6B Holiday, I got a little holiday sports story from years ago. This is a cute one. Islanders mark anniversary of the infamous Santa brawl with the real story. This is from Adam Gretz of Yardbarker. On December 23rd, 2003, the New York Islanders ran a simple promotion to try and boost attendance for their struggling team. Wear a Santa costume, get a free ticket to the game, (laughs) and be a part of a Santa parade on the ice during the first intermission. That seemed easy, though. uh, Easy enough until things went hilariously wrong. The entire event was derailed when not only did way more Santas show up than the team expected, but a handful of them took off their Santa costumes to reveal jerseys of the hated crosstown rivals, the New York Rangers. What <laughs> followed became infamous, known as the Nassau Coliseum Santa Brawl. To remember the game, MSG Network in New York has a huge feature on the event of that infamous night and the real story behind what happened. It began as a simple prank between a group of friends who were mixed between Rangers and Islander fans. The Ranger fans in the group were going to reveal their Rangers jerseys their friends would playfully push them, and that was supposed to be the end of it. But the other Islander fans who were not aware of that play only saw Ranger jerseys, heard the boos, they drew from the crowd, and then joined in what was supposed to be a playful altercation. The amazing thing is the Islanders were able to stop the brawl, clear hundreds of sanders from the ice, and even get the second period start of that time. You you will never be able to erase the memory of hundreds of sanders fighting during intermission of a hockey game on this legendary night. That is just a great story, Paul. I remember that? that, man. That was 19 years ago. Remember
6: that? Was I was. I was there. You were I there. there. That, yeah. Well, I, I've had season tickets since '88, and uh, you know, it was. I remember it was. It was hysterical. It was hysterical. I mean, it was. It was. And everything the Islanders did then was pure cheese. Like they, they were like yes. a minor league team in the NHL. They had no money. They, they had no locker rooms. I mean, players had to bring their own towels. Like you know, they, right. it was just. It was like you ever see the movie with uh, um with the Will Ferrell where he's the basketball team? The, uh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
5: Yeah, I too
6: it was exactly like that team. Yep. I mean, you know, he would like they would bring a dancing bear out there just to get people to show right. up. It was it was hysterically bad and uh the hockey jerseys with got- the fish stick guy on it. <laughs> One of the guys, one of those rangers, and Santos got his head handed to him. Some dude beat him up so bad. It was like that. I don't know. The fans were protecting that guy. It was (laughs) Paul bought him a a beer. (laughs) How did they not not think that this could have happened? was what we kept saying. I was like, like, so this is another example. There's been trolls before the internet. So wow, this exactly. is pretty you know, funny, you know, there's, there's
7: like a uh, there's a there's like a ten minute retelling of the story you can find on YouTube. I just looked it up. I'm like, oh my goodness,
5: right? Like a picture. reporting. It's yeah. worth seeing. It's, it's insane. It's like the old story, right? I went to a boxing match and a hockey game broke out. Same type of story with that. So real funny. Good stuff. Anyway, Big D, back to you.
1: All right, slick. Thanks very much. We'll do a little more sports. Odds makers coming up at the end of the show. Uh, let's do a little more news here with Mr. Nolan, who I know has also an appointment tonight to go to that hockey game. He needs to get to, uh, Mr. Nolan. What's going on in the uh, in the news?
6: Well, it's a hockey party. It's the families all getting together, all the kids. But um, I want to I going to get out of here, get back to the family. But I just wanted to thank the audience for everything. I mean, you guys are just amazing, and I uh, I'm like a big. You know, Christmas Mush nerd. I just love this stuff. I mean, I make kids watch, you know, it's a wonderful life and, and elf and you know, we hang out. And so hard. Like, like I said, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, listen, let me tell you something. I'm a big nobody i love my Bruce Wallace. He's badass. Love him. Um, but I like I always like Bruce. to play that devil's advocate because no one has a good answer until tonight. Nice job with the wrapping paper. <laughs> so you wanna hear something funny? <laughs> yeah. Funny news, Rand Paul's doing his annual Festivus report. Now you guys know what Festivus is. It's the the Festivus for the rest of us is yeah. the made up holiday by George Costanza's father um, who didn't <laughs> believe in all the holidays. So he wanted to start a holiday of his own called the Festivus for the rest of us. And uh, so he does the annual Festivus report uh, based on the wasted money in bills that come through Congress. And so Paul's 2022 Festivus report is, in, you know, it starts with a whopping 400. And 82 billion, uh 400 a half of trillion dollars, essentially worth of of waste. Um, in his report, um, he said he asked who's to blame. Uh, ultimately, it does nothing to truly combat rising inflation. He released a report uh, one day after the Senate passed that 1.9 on I'm, I'm the bus a spending bill. Paul, uh, in his uh, report, appears to blame Washington Democrats and Republicans, calling those responsible for the passage simply big spenders. Bulls report targets the big and small from the $475 billion to pay uh, interest on the national debt to the defense department spending of nearly 200,000 on espresso machines from Starbucks that's right 200,000 on Starbucks uh, espresso machines um, the report also shows that the national science foundation spent 118,000 to discover that it was unlikely that Thanos could snap his fingers while wearing the infinity glove and make half the life in the universe disappear i mean this is just where is that this is they they've robbed us I mean, it's bad enough they rob us, but i mean this this is the stuff that makes me nuts. The group uh, white coast uh white coat waste Project on Friday praised Pauls efforts specifically those that pointed out taxpayer funded animal experiments associated with the national Institute of health so um Again, I'll put this on my getter page. I don't want. To, I want to give you guys a chance to comment on it. But I'm, um, you know, big Ron Paul fan, and you know, Rand is making the old boy uh, proud. So it's, um, it's good to see somebody standing up to this nonsense in in DC. So Merry Christmas to all.
1: <laughs> all right, thanks, Paul. It is a, um, it's a disaster, and these people should have to answer. And I'll tell you what, they should have to answer within their own conference. This, these eighteen senators? should have to go over to the house and meet with the GOP conference and they should all have to get in a room. Tom Cotton should have to explain himself on this vote. These people should have to explain themselves the service they did to the country this year, this week, they should have to explain it. And there should be cameras there to catch all of it. I don't care what they say in the back room deals. I don't care what they say to each other. I don't care what they say to all that. They should have to explain this deal in public to those of us who at this point feel like we're certainly not Democrats, but we're not even Republican. Where do we fit in? We're we're not we're not with this party. This party is garbage right now. What's going on? The leadership is garbage. What they do is garbage. It's all garbage. I'm not associating myself with nonsense. So, I mean, uh, there's got there's millions of people today after this week who are thinking to themselves, where the hell do I fit in here? Right, Paul's got to run. Paul, Merry Christmas. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll be back yeah, to wrap Merry it up. Just some more Christmas, news. Christmas,
7: Merry Christmas, Paul.
1: Merry Christmas, Paul. coming up. On a Friday night, glad you're in Real America's Voice. Harry Oates joined us. Paul Nolan joined us. Rick Delgado's here. Slick Rick's going to do the odds makers with me in a little bit. I want to wish everybody again a Merry Christmas. Hope you have a great Christmas Eve with family tomorrow night. And then on Sunday, Christmas Day, hope you have great... If you have kids, young kids, hope they just enjoy the spirit of the day. Love seeing the young kids' faces on a Christmas morning. Nothing better than that. And of course... um, if you do go to a mass and celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, um, say a prayer. And I will for everybody in this audience, and I will for everybody on this show, um, and everybody involved with this show. And I and, uh, hope you take some time to um, count your blessings, as we all will this weekend. And I hope you just have a great weekend. We're off Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday. So um, I want to get to Chip Roy. Uh, But first, I want to get a little bit to Kimberly Strassel, who has the best, I think, synopsis of where we are. She says, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said this week he was pretty proud of the $1.8 trillion plus omnibus the Senate passed Thursday, the House passed today. Since the GOP was able to, quote, achieve essentially all of our priorities, that America is why Republicans are in the Senate minority and why they arguably deserve to stay there. Never has Washington contemplated such a monstrosity. It is set out to describe a once admirable institution in decline, its members cheerfully passing off their laziness, secrecy, cowardness, and graft as success. It'd be hard to compete with this week's Senate show. The omnibus is everything that is broken in D.C. dumped into one steaming pile of you-know-what. Congress has this omnibus only because Democrats wasted the year chasing Joe Biden's Build Back Better agenda, while Republicans helped waste more with semiconductor payouts and unnecessary legislation. The Senate couldn't rouse itself to pass a single one of its 12 annual spending bills, not a one. Pretty much the only deadline Congress hit this year was the cutoff for submitting thousands of earmarked requests for home state pork. Priorities, priorities. A handful of powerful leaders took advantage of this behavior by using it as an excuse to disappear at the last minute into smoke-filled rooms and conjure up a top-line number for funding with no votes and no debate. Other leaders then disappeared to write the bill in secret, 4,155 pages of it. It was unveiled in the dead of night on Monday night with an initial plan for Wednesday passage. The better to ensure nobody would know what's in it or what's attached to it. Past omnibuses at least confine themselves to funding everything under the sun Especially monuments to super appropriators like Alabama Republican Senator Richard Shelby. This omnibus has also become a vehicle for legislation Congress wanted to pass this year, but didn't. These aren't small changes an overhaul of retirement savings rules, cosmetics regulation, Electoral College Act reform, major changes to health care. For all we know, there's a provision creating 12 new cabinet positions. We'll find out next year. When someone has actually had the time to read it, want to know if your senator approves of authorizing the Food and Drug Administration to micromanage your mascara, or killing off drift net fishing operations, or letting athletes at service academies get a waiver to play professional sports? Good luck. Members of both parties will say they voted for this turkey solely to avoid a government shutdown, and they'll duck questions on the other major changes. Lucky them zero accountability. Only this isn't luck. It's by design. Senate Republicans spent this week telling the public that there were only two options: sign off on earmarks, bad policy and democratic demands for huge increases in domestic spending on top of 4.5 trillion in the past 2 years or lose a 10% increase in defense dollars. We can add dishonesty to the list of transgressions as well. The GOP could have insisted on zero domestic increases and dared Democrats to own a shutdown, and the loss of military readiness. But who wants a spending fight when we can simply just spend? And that's the central problem for Republicans, even if they don't want to admit it. They haven't shown a whiff of interest in any fiscal restraint since the early days of Paul Ryan's tenure as House Speaker. Their majorities broke the bank during the Trump administration, enabling Democrats to point to deficits as reason to resist further tax reform. They held hands with the left to partake in five COVID bailouts in twenty twenty alone. They joined again to pass Biden's infrastructure bill and the semiconductor slush fund. Members of the new supposedly responsible Republican House majority weeks ago voted to keep earmarks gravy the earmark gravy flowing. Voters in 2010 put Republicans in charge of the House to serve as a break on the Obama administration. Next year's House majority is no guarantee of anything close to that kind of a repeat. Democrats have figured out that debate for bipartisanship is the promise of dollars. And today's Republican Party bites every single time. 18 Senate Republicans voted Thursday for the ugliest, least transparent spending bill in the history of the country. As Republicans scratch their heads over the disappointing midterms, they may want to consider that voters don't see much of a difference between them and the Democrats. The real scandal of the holdouts to House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy's bid for speaker is that they are stomping on an important message. A far bigger and more serious group of House conservatives are appalled by the practices that led to omnibuses and want change to require the House to return to regular order. Committees, votes, amendments, debates. This would return a focus on fiscal discipline with members again subject to transparency and accountability. But representatives Annie Biggs and Matt Gates are more interested in grandstanding than actual victory. The battle helps Republican House porksters ignore substantive demands by casting the race for speaker as a fight over personalities. It enabled Senate Republicans to justify their mess of an omnibus on the grounds that House Republicans can't be trusted to do any better right now neither chamber can do any better and that's your government at work
8: chip roy cut one g roll it what happened in the senate today what happened in the senate today i'll tell you what happened in the senate today blunt boozman capito collins cornyn cotton graham Inhofe, McConnell, Moran, Murkowski, Portman, Romney, Rounds, Shelby, Thune, Wicker, and Young. 18 Republicans who campaign on fiscal responsibility, who campaign on securing the border, who campaign on balancing the budget, who campaign against the swamp, who run commercials saying they're going to change this place did the swampiest thing you can possibly do and that is to vote for a 4,100 page bill they got just yesterday, not knowing remotely what all is in the bill because it was cooked up behind closed doors with no appropriation meetings, jamming it over a new House Republican majority, doing it intentionally to prevent us from being able to debate and vote on how we're going to fund Ukraine, how we're going to fund our own national defense, how we're going to fund non-defense discretionary spending and ensure that we use that money to secure the border of the United States that is what your republican senators those 18 did to you america remember it remember it when republicans going around thumping their chest talking about changing this town when they are neck deep drowning in the swamp when they are emblematic of everything wrong with the swamp remember it remember it I don't like saying it. I've got friends on both sides of the aisle and some of these 18 are my friends. But you know what? John Adams and Thomas Jefferson had a pretty testy relationship because they fought over the way this country should be run and be set up. We are hired to fight for the people we represent. So I'll be damned if I'm gonna give a rat's rear end whether I offend some of the people in this godforsaken town Because I dare question, regardless of which party they are in, regardless of who they say they're friends with or who they campaign with, I'll be darned if I'm going to be cowed into not calling out what you see unfold before you with your very eyes. Leader Mitch McConnell called the bill, quote, a strong outcome for Republicans. The arguments that I've heard from some of the members include this argument. Having lost the vote for a continuing resolution until the new Republican majority takes over in January, we had two bad choices, cast a protest vote against funding our military veterans and Border Patrol and other essential government functions or vote for a flawed bill. That is what happens in this town. This was a setup, ladies and gentlemen, It was purposeful, well orchestrated by Mitch McConnell. I do not question that he's good at playing these games in this town, (laughs) as are virtually everybody associated with the appropriations process and leadership of the House and the Senate. Oh, they've got all the excuses in the world. Oh, there's a troop pay raise. There's a helicopter that we need to buy. There are missiles we need to buy. There are boats and planes we need to buy. So because of that, because of that, we must cast a vote for a flawed bill rather than, quote, a protest vote. A protest vote. What is a protest vote? So my vote, which I will cast whenever we get this monstrosity finally sent over here, whenever the Rules Committee goes through their sham process, And it's a sham process, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, they'll they'll entertain some amendments and they'll give some perfunctory, oh, let's review it. They'll kick it down here to the floor. There will be no debate, no amendments offered. It will be jammed through because every one of the people in this chamber, both sides of the aisle, maybe not everyone, the vast majority. Oh, they want to get on their jets and get home for Christmas. You should have seen the wailing and gnashing of teeth last night when Mike Lee was offering an amendment over in the Senate to try to address the expiration of Title 42 and what is going to occur if the Supreme Court lifts its stay and what is going to happen to Texas, what is going to happen to the United States, what is going to happen to migrants, the empowerment of cartels, the fentanyl pouring into our country. Mike Lee dared to try to do something about that. Oh, and you should have seen the wailing and gnashing of teeth. Well, well, what are you going to do? We don't want to be here until Christmas. Why don't you tell that to George Washington and the boys crossing the Delaware in 1776? Or the boys in Bastogne in 1944? What were they doing on Christmas? Were they trying to fly out of the nation's capital in their jets back to their homes, around their warm fireplaces? so they can be with their families after they absolutely just royally screwed the country and their kids and grandkids mm. because that's what they just did that's what this body this house chamber the people's house is going to do tomorrow morning
1: mm. you can count on one hand the people who would give that speech one hand <music> all right oddsmakers coming up for a friday christmas weekend 6B on a Friday night. Wrapping it up. Again, hope you have a wonderful weekend. Merry Christmas, everybody. One of my favorite parts of the um, holiday weekend is the eggnog. Oh. Not spiked, by the way. Not
5: spiked. Come on, Big D.
1: Not spiked. Ew. We'll start a little bit on that. Um, (laughs) Well, we'll get to somebody who has, uh, has actually started hitting the spiked eggnog already. We'll get to that here in a second. Uh, WTF of the day, G, but let's get to that. Roll it before we do the odds-makers.
8: I'm crazy! Well, kids, I'm just doing my yearly call to the North Pole for Santa's holiday health check. (coughs) Mrs. Claus, so good to see you again.
7: Where did Santa go? Oh, Santa was late for snow yoga with the elves and reindeer. He says it's great cross-training for sleigh driving. Sounds fun.
0: Are you all set for the holiday season? Santa
1: and I are feeling as healthy as ever. We are both up to date with our vaccinations, including COVID boosters and flu shots. That's so good to hear. I always tell Santa to make a list and check it twice. One. Stay up to date on your vaccine.
3: Sure you don't want to spike that eggnog after all? Two,
1: wear a mask in
7: uh, crowded
3: indoor
1: be. places and make sure it fits nice and snug. Three, wash your hands to the tune of Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle, jingle bell all the way.
7: Jab. Oh my God. Great that advice. Jingle Bells, Great advice
8: too. Also, you can be sure to stay at home if you're feeling sick. And if you're gathering indoors with other people or elves, open a door or a window, but for a few minutes at a time to let in some fresh air. The more items you check off the list, the more protected you are. You can
1: think of it like decorating a tree. The tree is at its best when all the decorations are up and nicely layered. Thanks, Mrs. Claus.
0: Happy Holidays, everyone.
5: Food <sighs> <sighs> anyone?
7: Oh, my God. That's when we need, like, Mel Gibson's fat man to just show up and take them both out. <laughs> you
1: need some fruitcake with that big deal. Holy D. moly. I definitely need something spiking it now to watch that. Oh, my God. Those well, two people should be arrested.
7: Where is that from? It, it, please tell me that that's not a government. Okay. It is, it's,
1: but it's, it's not Canadian. our government. Oh, great. It's the government up north, yes. Oh. <laughs>
7: Those poor Canadians.
1: Yeah. Eesh. all right it's time now on a Friday week 16 to do the odds makers featuring slick rick rick Amarade. all <laughs> right here we go slick rick week 16 let's get it set the table here where are we g 30 g's up for big d 20 down for slick rick plus five last night here we go week 16 let's go game number one slick rick where are we going
5: Saturday, 1 p.m. Detroit at Carolina. I'm going with Detroit City laying two and a half points. I like the Lions. They're on a roll. I'm going with the Lions two and a half. Big D laying.
1: Lions 7-7 seven and seven on the year. No one would have figured that after nope. the start they had. And, of course, just being the Lions 7-7. Seven and seven. Dan Campbell's done a great job on the road to Carolina. By the way, Steve Wilkes has done a great job since he's taken over. Uh, this Carolina team is playing well. Detroit, a road favorite. You don't see that much. Uh, Detroit, minus two and a half. Slick Rick's pick for game number one. What's game number two? Well,
5: after that last video, I think I'm going to have a 7-7 have a seven and seven myself, Big D. After 8-15, <laughs> <laughs> we got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big night, Franco Harris. And I don't typically like to pick the home teams when they're hosting these outside events because it seems like a lot of distractions. But I think the Raiders are going to put, put the medal to the iron, and they're going to win this one here. I take the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Raiders minus two points I got two big day it vacillated between two and two and a half what are you seeing
1: all right a two's good you're taking so you're taking Pittsburgh the home team yes. over the over the Raiders Pittsburgh uh gonna play for uh, Franco you're saying minus two over Las Vegas yes sir okay that's game number two. What's game number
5: three? I'm going to stick with Saturday. We're going to do four games on Saturday, Christmas Eve, 1 p.m. Uh, we got the Chiefs over the Seahawks. I'm taking the Chiefs
1: at home in Arrowhead.
5: Give me the Chiefs laying the big 10 points, a lot of points, but I think, I think they want to make a statement. Mahomes is going to roll
1: them. Okay, the Chiefs are 1-11-1 against the spread their last 13. <laughs> are you aware of that? Uh, No. They're the worst covering team in the league this year, I believe it. 111 and 1 their last 13, but Slick Rick has taken Kansas City -10, which by the way would be what I would pick if I was playing this game because why are they -10 when they can't cover a game to save their life? I would pick Kansas City as well, Slick Rick. I think that's a good pick. That's your game number three. What's game number
5: four? <laughs> the odds makers know something, Big D. You know, they always tell me that. All right. My next game, go, I'm going to go. I, I hate to do this, but you wanted me to get to eight games. So I'm going to take my uh, my Cowboys. I can't pick <laughs> against them. They're playing the Eagles. But Jalen Hurts, well, he's hurt. So he's not playing with that shoulder. They're going to have Minishu in there, the mustache man. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I'm laying. Well, I saw four and a half, Big D. Is that what you have?
1: Yep, four and a half. It is NFC East game of the year by by far should be the best game of the week. Dallas, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, thirteen and one. Dallas, ten and four, looking to hang on to their playoff spot in the NFC East. The Giants creeping up, but the Giants are going to need some luck, and they're going to need Dallas to lose. Big game for Slick Rick. I can't imagine the tension (laughs) on Christmas Eve night at four twenty-five. Everybody going to Slick Rick's house for Christmas Eve, be aware of what you're walking into because yeah. it could get ugly.
5: My family knows that the stockings might not be the only thing hung by the chimney, by the fireplace with care.
1: <laughs> it might be me too.
5: <laughs> anyway, Big D, uh, let's go to Sunday games. Green Bay at Miami. Beautiful downtown South Miami. I'm going to go. Uh, what's the spread on that you got, Big D? Three and a half. Miami, three and a half at home. Give me the fish. I'm going with the Dolphins. I think they're going to beat Green Bay, put Aaron Rodgers to sleep for the year. Uh, Yeah, give me the Dolphins. Tula Tagovailoa, minus three and a half. Miami Dolphins.
1: All right, Green Bay sits at 10th right now. Still an outside shot to make the playoffs, but you're right. This would be the death knell if they lose this game. Miami minus three and a half. After getting their offense back on track, put up 29 in Buffalo. Now they go home to the heat of Miami. Three and a half is game number five. What's game number six? All right, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Tampa
5: Brady on the road in Arizona. It'll be nice and balmy. I think Tom's ready to have a big game. Arizona, a lot of trouble. Their quarterback, Kyler Murray, out for the year. I think they did get it done. They need to get that win to wrap up that NFC South. Give me the Tampa laying seven and a half, Big D.
1: Uh, Tampa is laying nine because Kyler Murray's out, obviously, with the injury. Tampa Bay minus nine is the line.
5: Wow, nine. Yeah, give me Tampa. I'm going with all the favorites. I'm in trouble. But, yeah, I'll take Tampa. Minus nine. All All right, Tampa minus nine. What's game number seven? All right, last one for the NFL. Then we're going to get the college. Buffalo Bills uh, going traveling to Chicago. I think it's all over in Chicago. There's no more soldiers on that field. And I'm going to go with Buffalo. I got them laying eight points on the road.
1: I think Chicago could win the game. I like Chicago I love Chicago plus the points. So good pick, Slick Rick. Good for you. Buffalo is game <laughs> number seven. Where are we going for game number eight? I'm gonna go where
5: I got married. I'm gonna go to Hawaii, the great Hawaiian Islands, and I'm gonna take well, we got middle Tennessee State University, a real household name, uh otherwise known as MTSU Rick, and then at San Diego well playing San Diego State. I think that the longer flights gonna make them tired. I'm gonna go with San Diego San Diego State. My Minus six and a half, because I don't have a lot on this game, Big D. But I'm going to go. I have a lot of money, but I don't have a lot of knowledge on this one. Minus six and a half. Give me San Diego State, Big D. All
1: right, San Diego State on a Christmas Eve night. By that time, the Cowboys will have won or lost. So uh, I can imagine what the feelings will be at 8 p.m. when this game kicks off around Slick Rick's house. Uh, San Diego State (laughs) minus six and a half in the bowl game is game number eight. All right, there's your odds makers for week 16 in the NFL. Um, all right, guys, uh, any last messages here before we wrap it up? Rick Delgado, I'll give it to you first.
7: Uh, just wishing everybody a happy and healthy and Merry Christmas and uh, and a great New Year as well. And, you uh, know, be safe.
1: That's right. Rick will be off next week, so you won't see him. So <laughs> yep. he's telling you Happy yeah, New Year now. Same here. I love the Getter audience. I love the entire LFS6B
5: group, uh, Real America's Voice. Love you all. Happy holiday. And, men. most of all, healthy. God bless. Yes.
1: All right, I could leave. I could leave you with a Christmas message myself, but in in de, in, in, I want to celebrate Nancy <laughs> Pelosi's last speech today. I think she hit Nancy. the eggnog a little early, so I want her to give you her last Christmas wish for you. Roll it, G. Awesome. Yield back the balance of it, my time, and wish everyone a happy, healthy, and safe New Year. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas,
5: Happy Schwanza. Happy Hanukkah, <laughs> whatever it is you celebrate, be safe. Yes. Thank you, Miss. <laughs>
1: Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Schwanza. Happy
7: Schwanza. May the Force be with you. Well, she's gonna be in the next as, spaceballs movie.
1: As always, <laughs> we celebrate our <laughs> our military, <laughs> <laughs> EMS, first responders. Everybody on the show, Merry Christmas. We'll see you on Tuesday. Happy
3: Schwanza. Oh,